0: thanks for joining us for the connect podcast i'm cole phillips the lead pastor of the connection church and every week we're going to look into the bible to find out how god's word connects to our everyday lives it's going to be life-changing The Connect podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right. Hey, I want to welcome you today to... Connect. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. This is gonna be a great time together. We like to get into God's word so we can get God's word into us, to get it out of us, into the world around us, get it out of our lives and and live it out in in very practical ways. Because God's word was really written not just for our information, but for our life transformation. And, And that happens through application as we apply God's word and so uh, be sure to, um, to share this with those who you think may need it. And, and if you are not uh, driving, if you're at home or you're somewhere where you can, uh, at work, where you can get out your Bible, get out something to take some notes with, I would encourage you to do that because there's a lot of things that we're going to be learning as we continue through the Gospel of John. We're getting to know Jesus better. We're looking at uh, who He is and really what He can do, His power to change our lives. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. I want us to look at what happened one day when Jesus had a friend who was about to die. And in fact, he he did die. We read about him in the Gospel of John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. So here's what it says. Uh, now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, Mary and her sister Martha, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Uh, Don't you love the detail in, in, in this story? These were real people. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified Through it. So Jesus was uh, told by Mary and Martha about Lazarus. Lazarus was so sick, his sisters were worried about him. And Jesus responded to this message by saying that Lazarus' sickness wouldn't end with Lazarus being dead, but that there was a purpose for what they were going through. And the purpose was that God would be glorified through what was happening. It's important to understand that. Uh, sickness, disease, death—none of this. This is part of life, but it's not from God. It's really uh, because we're we live in a fallen world, and because we live in a fallen world, and and uh, with fallen people, even nature is broken in many ways, and so there is sickness, um, there's disease, and there's death, and there's there's terrible things that happen, and yet. Through all of that, there's a bigger purpose, that God is at work um, to receive glory. And what, what, what Jesus meant when he said that uh, God would receive glory through this, and of course that depends on our own choice and our own attitude and response, but it, what he meant was that there were people who would see what was happening, and they would see the power of God, and, and they would respond by trusting in God even more than they ever had. And so if we're going to live these lives of freedom and living in the freedom that God has for you, uh, what we'd call the resurrection life, it starts with this first thing. The first thing is this, trust God's timing. You know, sometimes it's hard to just wait to, especially if you're impulsive like, like I am, it's hard to to wait, Uh, but we need to just push the pause button, hold on. Uh, We get so busy getting ahead of ourselves, trying to get ahead of God, and we're trying to work out our own situation on our own and fix it. And in the process, we make a bigger mess of it. I think about a little child that would go uh, to get her dad a glass of milk from the kitchen and go in and get the milk and the, the cup and then pour more milk on the on the countertop then that actually makes it in the cup. And then on the way to take dad, the, the uh, cup of milk spills it, you know, falls spills it all over, making a big mess, trying to do something good, but making a bigger mess of it. And then trying to clean it up themselves and getting it all over themselves and causing just a bigger mess. And dad gets up and says, Hey, let me take care of this. I'm going to clean this up. That's what God wants to do. Um, But here's what Jesus does in verse 5. It says, So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. You know, Jesus, he's just chill, right? He's laid back. I mean, they're looking at Jesus saying, what is going on? Where where is he? Doesn't he care? The doctors... uh, you know, look at Lazarus and they say, there's nothing else we can do. Just take him home, make him comfortable. And Lazarus sisters are looking at Jesus and they, they think, well, Jesus is the one, he's the great physician. He can heal him and he loves Lazarus. So surely he's going to heal Lazarus. He's been healing all these other people. So they make this 911 call to Jesus and they say, hurry up, Lord, this is an emergency. Get here quick, drop everything and come. And Jesus does the exact opposite of what you would expect him to do. Because you think, this is Jesus' friend. This is priority number one. He's going to get there as fast as he can, right? But he just sort of takes his sweet time and it takes him a couple of days to to get there. It would be like uh, if... If uh, Pastor Bobby, who's my good friend, if his wife Sabrina called me and said, "Hey, Pastor Bobby is is on his deathbed and he needs me right away," and so I kind of wrap things up at the office and I stop by the Poco Loco for an energy drink and and I remember, oh yeah, I got to work out. I haven't worked out today, so I'm going to stop off at the gym and. And then there's a grand opening of a new pizza place in town that I want to check out. But, you know, eventually I'll get over there and see what's going on with with my friend. (laughs) And uh, if you're in the middle of a crisis and those who were in that situation with Lazarus, it seemed like that's what Jesus was doing. Maybe you felt that way in your life. You're praying fervently. That, that God is going to move, that something's going to happen, that you're praying to meet that person that you're going to spend your life with. You're praying for some healing that you or a loved one will get well. You're praying for somebody who needs to have a relationship with Jesus, that they would come to know the Lord. And it just seems like he's moving so slow that God is not doing anything about it. And we make these demands of God. And we say, God, now show up, do what you do. And, and we say, trust in God, or we say we trust in God, but we put a deadline on it. And we say, if you don't do something by this time, and what real trust means is there's no time limit on trust. And here's what we have to remember, that God has perfect timing. He's never too soon. He's never too late. But it doesn't always happen on our own time, timetable. God is always right on time. And you may be going through something and thinking, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe God has forgotten me. Maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he doesn't see me. Maybe he doesn't know what I'm going through. But you need to know God hasn't forgotten you. He never stops loving you. In fact, God cannot stop loving you. He loves you. Uh, But walking with Jesus means that we trust his pace So how often are we running ahead of him and we're wondering, where are you? Or we're lagging behind. Remember, God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. So we gotta trust his timing. And then the second thing that we've gotta do is live a bigger life. Jesus wants to give you a, bigger life, not a constricted, wrapped up, confined kind of life. And you can step into that bigger life that God has for you. We read this, it goes on that that says uh, when, when um, Martha, let's see, where's this? So when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So by the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus has been dead now for four days in in verse 17 of John 11, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. I mean, that's dead. He's been dead so long, he starts smelling because his body is decomposing. And when the sisters hear that Jesus is coming, Martha runs out and gets in his face and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, the least you could have done is send a get well card. It would have gotten here sooner than you got here. And Jesus told her in verse 25, he says, your, In verse 23, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? You know, she he says, your brother will rise again. And she's given like the church answer, the safe answer. Yes, I understand, you know, resurrection, like after we die, we'll rise again and live forever in heaven. You know, she's talking about eternal life that goes on and on forever. That's the that's the quantity of life. When we think about eternity and we think about heaven, we think about life that goes on and on forever. That's the quantity of life that. Jesus gives us that Jesus offers an eternal an eternal home with him forever that's the quantity but there's a quality of life a quality of life that starts now that Jesus wants to give you now that after you step over that line of faith and become a part of God's forever family as soon as you believe your all of your past sins are forgiven your future is secure in heaven And right now, you're just living. You're just barely surviving. You're just existing. Well, that's not the life that Jesus has for you. Jesus came so that you could live. That's why he came. He came so that you could live the God kind of life, not a fake, pathetic pursuit of materialism, self-satisfaction that we have bought into in our culture. He wants you to have a bigger kind of life, the kind of life that is so real that you have joy that comes from the inside of you. And even when there is no external human reason to have joy, there's a peace from God on the inside that goes beyond all of our understanding, any human ability we have to understand it. It's a sense of peace that goes deep. It's this power of being connected with God, with his spirit, with his people. And if you are a follower of Jesus, do you realize that the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you right now? Why did Jesus come? He came so that you could really live the God kind of life to give you the opportunity to to know God, to have a relationship with him, to have meaning and purpose and fulfillment in your life that comes from knowing why you're here, knowing why you're created. In John 10, 10, that we just were, were reading uh, the, this previous chapter, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's the normal life, a life that is a life of victimhood, where the enemy is out to to steal your joy, to steal your passion for living, to steal your hope, to steal your family, to steal your, your life. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, the fullest, abundant, joyful, God kind of life. Listen, the kingdom of God is not just what is ahead. It's not just what is to come. The kingdom of God is happening right now in the lives of his people, that you live with God's presence in your life, the presence of Jesus right here, right now, that you rely on the power of Jesus right here, right now. And my prayer for you is the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 3.16. He prayed, I pray that from his righteous, glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That that he his resources are unlimited, that he's going to empower you with strength that comes from the inside, that he gives you internally in your life as you trust in him as you allowed Christ to make his home in your heart. And then he goes on to pray this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Imagine how much power, how much explosive power it took to give life back to Jesus, to bring him back from the dead. Our power on our own is so limited, but God's power is unlimited, and he gives that power into your life for for each day, each and every day of your life. It's a bigger way to see life. And then third, I need to feel God's love for me. I need to feel and know God's love for me. Jesus is showing that his heart breaks for the people that he loves In in verse 33 of John 11, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? Right there, we know this verse. Maybe you don't have any other verse in the Bible memorized, but you've heard this verse Jesus wept. What a powerful verse. Why was Jesus weeping? Why did Jesus weep? Well, he hurt for um, the pain of those around him that were sad. He felt the, the loss of his friend because he uh, has experienced all that as 100% human, 100% God. He felt uh, the pain of loss and death. Um, some of us, though, when we see Jesus wept, we think, why was Jesus weeping? We think, well, he's crying because of my failures. He's doing the face palm because of the way that I've blown it. That's because you have a uh, distorted, messed up view of who Jesus is. Sometimes we think of Jesus Um, more like he is in this video right here. Check this out. This is sometimes how we view Jesus. Do
1: you think he can fly? Shh, here he comes. Well, all right. Now it's time for me to tell you all what you've done wrong since I last saw you. And don't try and hide because I'm Jesus. I will find you. Let's start with you, Peter. You lied to your mother the other day. Andrew, you said a naughty word when you hit your finger with the hammer. James, you laughed at him when he hit his finger. Moving right along, John, you drank too much wine the other night. Not way too much, just enough to make me angry. Matthew, we fell asleep in church, didn't we? Yes, we did. And Thomas, you were slow dancing a little too close with that girlfriend of yours. And you, I forgot your name, so you're off the hook for now. Um, Philip, I saw you smoking a cigarette behind that big rock the other day. Thaddeus, I hate to say I saw you stick up your middle finger at someone who cut you off when you were riding your camel. Benjamin, you aren't wearing your WWJD bracelet. Jacob, I don't mind you saying my name, but not after you stub your toe. Frank, you know what you did, I just can't repeat it, because I'm Jesus. Alright, all you sinners, come with me. It's time to pay the piper. Man, it was only one cigarette. I heard that.
0: (laughs) It's time to pay the piper. That's how we have seen Jesus. But that is not Jesus. He's not here to point out all your faults and remind you of all your failures. And when you're crying out to him in the middle of the loss that you're facing and you're pouring out your heart to him, he never stops loving you in the middle of those desperate prayers. He hears you. And so we also, we have to trust God's transforming power. And verse 39, it says, Jesus said, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Jesus, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I like the way it says it in the King James Version. It says, he stinketh. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me then Jesus shouted Lazarus come out and the dead man came out his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes his face wrapped in a headcloth and uh, I love that he had to he had to say specifically Lazarus come out because if he hadn't called Lazarus by name, who knows how many dead people would have come alive and come walking out of that grave. But notice that Lazarus, he wasn't embalmed, but they had wrapped him up in grave clothes, these heavy grave clothes. And um, for most of us, the question isn't, can God do something great in my life? We, we're not asking, does God have the power? the question we're asking is, do you believe that he will do something about what you're going through? Do you believe him enough to trust with your life, to trust him with everything you've got? Because when I don't fully trust Jesus, I began to limit his power to work. You know, I try to trust, but then I get scared and I try to take control myself of my own situation. I trust in a weak substitute. I trust in myself to try to fix my situation because I say, God, you're not working fast enough. I'm going to turn back to my own misguided, messed up solutions to try to fix this. Well, that's what got us into the mess in the first place many times. So where is your trust? Are you Trusting in God fully for what you're going through, you can trust Him. It's been said this uh, God is too good to be unkind, He's too wise to be mistaken. And when you can't trace His hand, that's when you must learn to trust His heart. When you can't see God's hand at work around you, trust His heart, trust His goodness, trust His faithfulness that you've seen time after time. And then finally, Uh, to live this kind of resurrection life, we don't do it on our own. I need to connect with God's community. Notice that Jesus calls a whole community to help. Check out what Jesus said in, in verse 44. Jesus told them, them, unwrap him and let him go. And that's the word them. He was talking to the community of people who also loved Lazarus and his family you know, Jesus did what only God can do. He raised him from the dead. But then he asks us to do what we can do, to come around people who are, who are hurting, who are wrapped up, who, who, who are uh, in, in bondage. And it's not just what Jesus does, it's what Jesus invites others to do. You know, you got to think, like, why did Jesus even involve other people in the first place? Like, he could have finished with a big, flashy grand finale and pulled on that robe and like, voila! <sighs> <laughs> but, you know, we see people all around us in our church family, in our community, who are facing major challenges and struggles and and, and just heartache and heartbreaking situations. And we pray And we say, God, why don't you do something about this? Why don't you do something about it? And God says, I've done something about it. I made you aware of this situation. I've given you some resources that you can use. That's how I'm going to do something about their situation is through you. And he invites us to get involved in those situations. Sometimes we look at hurting people who are going through hard things and we say, well, Why don't they just help themselves? By the way, uh, the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, that's not in the Bible. You may have heard that was in the Bible. Maybe people quote that as a Bible verse. God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible. In, In fact, the opposite is true. God helps those who can't help themselves, who realize that we're helpless apart from Him. We're helpless in our sin, and that's why Jesus died for us. But, you know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He didn't say, okay, Lazarus, unwrap yourself. No, he, he had people come around him and help him. Why? Why is it so important? Well, for one, when we get involved in, in other situations, get our focus off ourselves, we get more out of it than than they do many times. Um When we allow ourselves to connect in the middle of the mess and the pain and the hurt, real community is more than just uh, going to church on a Sunday. It's about getting down in the trenches of life together and loving people and helping each other. And today, God wants you to know that you don't have to live life wrapped up in those old grave clothes anymore. There are all these Uh, clothes of doubt and denial and delay, defeat, discouragement, depression, disobedience, and death. And it's time to allow God to take them off, to allow people to come into your life and help you take those off. Maybe your mindset today is so defeated that this doesn't even seem possible to you right now. What do you do if you're in this hopeless situation? Don't insulate and isolate yourself. Get around some people who are alive. Get around some hopeful people. Connect with God's community. That's the key. And God may not answer your situation the way you want. He may not do it when you want, but he will answer. Jesus may surprise you with his answers, but he will never disappoint you. Listen, you can live life to the fullest today. Jesus doesn't say, I will give you resurrection. Jesus says, I am resurrection. Jesus is resurrection. Jesus is life, and he wants to give you new life today. Listen, all things are possible with God. Dead for four days isn't dead in God's world, in God's economy. He can speak to dead things, and in a moment, they can live. So let me ask you, what's dead inside of you. Let Him bring that back to life. Maybe it was a vision that you had for your life to make a difference. God can bring that back to life. Maybe you had this desire and dream that someone you knew that you love would come to know Jesus. And you can let Him bring that dream back to life and see that come to pass. Maybe it's your faith, your passion. Um, He, God, he specializes in bringing dead things back to life. So what is it that's dead in your life that uh, he is saying, I want that to come alive? And so my question really that I want to leave you with is, do you believe this? Do you really believe it? If so, then let's live it. Let's live it. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, for your goodness, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus, the life that we have, the resurrection life, God, that uh, you haven't just forgiven all of our past sins and given us a great hope for our future, but you've also given us a reason to live today, a purpose, a hope, a full kind of life that only comes from you, that can only be found in you. God, I pray that you're at work resurrecting those dead things in our life, God, and that we continue to put our trust in your timing, that we continue to surround ourselves with your people, that we choose to reject insulation and isolation, but we want to get around people who can walk with us through what we're going through and use us, God, as a community to lovingly lift up others out of their hard, hurting situations, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you have a blessed uh, rest of the week. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.